Hey, and welcome back to Fully Equipped. Jonathan Wall joined as always by my guys, Gene Prenti and Chris McCormick. RB is still in Vegas right now. Hopefully he didn't lose his shirt at the craps table. We will have his report from Vegas. It was a crazy week for gear news. He and I get into it in a segment in a little bit. But before we do that, as always, boys, how are we doing? It is still summer here in Arizona. I don't know about you guys, but uh, it's Texas. Cooling off, or, Texas. Uh, off. Is it? Uh, yeah. Well, I guess 96 is technically <laughs> cooling off in Arizona. <laughs> it's uh, 80 degrees here uh, come this weekend. So that's yeah, starting 70, to be like fall weather in Texas. 70, yeah. 72 and overcast here and loving every minute of that's it. A, that's a, that's a uh, regular day for Gene. Every day, 365, 72 degrees. Oh, I do have a I do have a funny equipment story. Uh, I you know I normally don't speak poorly of equipment of someone that I'm playing with, especially someone I don't know. But I was invited to play San Diego Country Club yesterday out with a foursome, and there was a guy in the group from Denver, and he was a pretty good player, and he hit a couple drives, and they were you know I was impressed by him. And his third drive, he faded. And his fourth drive, he faded. I was like, what's that driver you're playing? And he hands me, and it's a Nike Sumo with that high MOI. And I go, take this thing. Do not throw it in the trash. Burn it so that no one will ever have to be subjected to this again. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I go, listen, man, this thing will not. I go, this thing will not square the club face. And he goes, oh, that's really interesting. I've been playing a fade a lot since I've been playing this. And I'm like, yeah, don't run say. away from the, <laughs> run away from this driver as fast as you can. And then I was like, ooh, that might have been a little over the top. But I think I was doing him, a, you know, a proper service on that. So I'm surprised that you still had your hearing, Gene, after spending time <laughs> around a guy with a sumo driver. I'm surprised you didn't know what it was immediately on the the very first shot with it, just uh, piercing point. your eardrums and going, "Oh, yeah, that's a that's a nice." You know, set. you know, it it. I don't know if time had dulled it down or something like that, but it really wasn't. Or maybe my hearing is shot, but just add that to the long list of issues. But um, yeah, it was it was wild. I hadn't seen one of those in a long time, and you know the. <laughs> And the guy had no idea what he what I was talking about. And later he's like, "Oh, that's that MOA acted up again." And I'm like, "Yeah, right there with the MOB." <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> and this is why we have a podcast because the, the MOA. You uh, yeah, you should have just thrown some other stuff at him. Yeah, that yeah, the COR will get you. Just really screwed him up. I should have just started making stuff up, so uh, that would have been the best. But anyways, yeah, I figured you guys would get a kick out of that one because I was like, whoa, I haven't seen one of these in a long time. So I, I well, couldn't tell you the last one I've seen in the wild. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I can't remember the last time. I, I had a buddy that had that driver, and I remember seeing it in his bag, and then I just rummaged through my golf closet and gave him something new. Yeah. Well, and that's and let's, that's let's, and let's, guy, rid, let's rid you of this uh, this virus that you have. Yeah, I mean, this guy was like maybe a I don't know, he was a six or seven handicap, and I said, 
I said, listen. So it probably would have been scratched if it wasn't for the driver. No, I know. I said, listen, this thing's costing you at least just the spin characteristics alone. For the and, sound you know, characteristics. Well, and one of the things I love when you're playing with a group of people that, you know, and, and this is the majority of golfers and it's it's not their fault, but it just it's like nails on a chalkboard to a guy who studies physics of golf. Is this guy hits this beautiful shot that goes out and then just flares and lands softly. And everybody's like, great drive. And I'm like, you just left 15 on the deck right there. If you would have just got a driver that was optimized for launch and spin. But nobody has any idea. And they, you know, they look at that and go, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's that's the way the ball's supposed to fly. So it it really is interesting. And, you know. I got to remind myself of this and we've discussed in previous podcasts, this is recreation for people. You know, they're not, they're not tech junkies or anything like that, but it is amazing when you give them a little piece of information, like, Hey, if you get fit and, and get dialed in, you know, you could get somewhere between 10 and 20 yards with your current swing. How would you feel about that? And it's just like you told them that, you know, Christmas came early they're like, where do I go to sign up for that? And it's just, it's a little piece of information that's really fun to deliver. If you don't come across as a complete asshole as you do so, it, you know, it, to, to to just show someone, hey, you got a good swing, you, you know, you're consistent, but it is your equipment that's holding you back. And that's, those are, those are the fun ones that I enjoy on the golf course because, you know, it's showing someone the potential for the stuff that, you know, we all do for a living, which is, you know, trying to figure out ways to optimize, you know, players to the best of their abilities. Chris, how often do you have golfers come in and they just, they know their driver so well, they're consistent with it. And they just say like, I don't, I don't want 10, I don't want 10 yards. I don't want an extra 15. I know that I can get it, but I'm, I'm happy with, with just hitting it straight. It's, very rare. I mean, the the straight player is is usually the easiest one to convert to. Hey, it's straight-ish, but it's also another 12, 15, 20 plus down the fairway. And that's uh, that's usually an easy conversion. The uh, the ones that are tough are the ones where the gunfight of distance is really close but we improve dispersion and launch characteristics. So trying to sell them on the fact that, hey, this apex height at 90 feet, landing angle of 37 degrees is actually better than your apex height of 110 at 40 degrees. And it's straighter because the spin characteristics are more consistent. But the distance is mm, really, really tight. Those are the ones that are hard to convert. What about tour players where, you know, for the most part, they're, you know, I mean, unless they're reaching kind of the, you know, I mean, granted, I guess Bryson's kind of blown the the mold or the model wide open that everybody started chasing it. But usually these guys are pretty comfortable with their distance. They want to hit more fairways. And, and right. you know, so it's like at that point you're looking for kind of more stability in their swing and more consistency out of the, you know, the end result, I, you know, you know, kind of the power fade is a, is a classic example that a lot of players go to where they've got plenty of distance, but they understand hit fairways is, is what's going to make them money. 
So how do you approach that when, you know, distance is almost off the table or like you said, either equal or secondary, and now you've just got to go to a consistency story? Yeah, I mean, when you get into the tour players, competitive golfers, they have a particular launch window that they're looking for. They're trying to eliminate a miss and they're looking for something that produces that consistent shot shape and ball flight that they're already accustomed to seeing. But uh, they want to see that consistency with ball flight and that launch window with a little more speed or a little more spin, a little less spin, you know, potentially just minute tweaks. and Usually we're kind of taking a look at something with new tech that is going to be a little bit more forgiving on a miss that they do potentially see show up once in a while. So if you have somebody that is consistently a a high toe striker versus a low heel striker versus high heel versus low toe, I mean, the majority of your guys on tour are going to be proficient ball strikers to say the least. And if they do miss it anywhere, like geometrically, they're going to kind of hang out in that high toe area. So something that gives them a consistent and predictable ball flight off of their impact location and helps to kind of guard against one particular miss or another is what most of those guys are looking for. Speaking of Bryson, did you see he almost won a world long drive championship? Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was fired up. He was getting into it. It was, uh, it was entertaining to see somebody that's competitive on a, I guess we can call live tour a major tour. I mean, is that, is that copacetic? Can we say live tour is a major tour yet? Uh, don't ask me. I'm, I'm, I'm staying out of this one. <laughs> Switzerland or right there. <laughs> Switzerland. So we can say a, a tour player, maybe somebody that is uh, playing on a tour. A former, like a, champion. a former champion. There we go. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll say that. Uh, yeah. It was entertaining to watch a competitive tour esque player. Uh, be competing in the in the world long drive and making it there at second place that's pretty impressive he was still 20 yards behind martin borgmeyer i gotta point that out yeah uh, but Which is look just at the, crazy 20 yards look at the size comparison between those guys that guy is a monster yeah borgmeyer's a big dude um all right speaking of drivers we've got a man this is one of the wildest stories i've heard in a while but before we get into it, I want to let you know that Fully Equipped is brought to you by our good friends at Fairway Jockey. We talk about custom golf clubs all the time on the pod, and we're often asked, where's the best place to buy custom clubs? For us, the answer is easy because only one place offers the lowest prices on custom-built clubs, and that's fairwayjockey.com. Do your homework. No one beats their prices. You'll save up to 15%, and when you're talking about a bigger ticket purchase like clubs, that can add up to big savings. Build your custom set today at fairwayjockey.com. All right. Every Monday, I hop on to the USGA conforming driver head list, and I start searching for whatever is new because it remains the um, – it's it's the ultimate site for breaking news. It, it, it even beats yours truly, and I like to try and be first on stuff, but – yeah, that's the place to go if you want to see what's coming down the pipeline. Because before a driver can ever go out to any of the major tours, it has to be approved by the USGA. Now, I'm bringing all this up because on the LPGA last week, a player, Maja Stark, was given a new Ping G430 driver. 
Now, I don't, I don't know what happened. If she just didn't want to listen, if the rep didn't inform her that it wasn't on the conforming list, but they, they handed her a Ping G430 and said, hey, here, here's the new driver. It's going to be dropping on the PGA Tour next week, as it did. And RB gets into a lot of the tech that he noticed on the driver because Ping isn't saying anything just yet. But she was given this driver, and she decides to put it in play. <laughs> And uh, an official notices, and she gets DQ'd for putting in a non-conforming driver. Uh, that's that's an all-time like dope moment. Like it's she she had a great outlook on it. She said, "Look, shit happens," which I love. You know, she's not getting fired up a ping. She's just like, "Eh, I'm just moving on to the next week." But I I rarely. If ever have seen something like this happen, a club's coming on the conforming list on Monday, and a handful of days before that, the driver is, is put into play on accident. Oops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's that's a uh, that's a big oversight by player, by caddy, by coach, uh, by tour rep. That's uh, that's, that's a good way that... to put it. There's a there's a lot there's a lot of levels that you've got to get through before it's going in the bag. So I mean as as a caddy, you should be aware of that. As a coach, you should also be, you know, aware of what your player has in their bag. As a tour rep, if you're giving a prototype product to a player, it's kind of I don't know, as as having some experience on tour, it's kind of my responsibility to make sure that that player is number one, aware of the fact that it's non-conforming and this is a prototype. And number two, to retrieve that product prior to any competitive play starting, just to ensure that you know, one of our sponsored players isn't out there with something that, I don't know, is gonna get them DQ'd. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's also, did anybody look at it and go, when did this come out? <laughs> I mean, it's like, exactly. it's like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wasn't this the 425? When, when did this come out? Oh, oh, wait, it hasn't come out yet. Huh? Okay. Should, should someone ask a question before? I mean, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of, of failures there, you know, when you look at it and go, a lot of people kind of, you know, screwed up, including to be honest, to be fair, unless she was completely lied to or something like that the player herself that he has to go uh is this inconforming i mean you know that's There's that's like the corner a layer of personal responsibility there for sure yeah yeah, yeah. But, i mean it's, i mean like there's a there's a team of people that somebody should have asked the question well so here's the deal it, it, I've, I've spent time out on the lpga i was actually at the event last week and comparing it to a PGA Tour event on, on a similar level, just a regular week PGA Tour event, not, not one of like the big WGCs or major. I mean, there is there is one equipment truck out on the LPGA. And they have probably three or four reps that are running through there. Now, I don't know if Ping has a dedicated rep out there. So, so uh, Paul Bamer who's a great guy. He's, he's the quote unquote, he's the LPGA tour rep. So for, for manufacturers that don't have a dedicated rep, Paul services any and all brands when he's out there on tour. 
Um, you also have like PXG, I know, and Callaway have, have de- dedicated reps. Even Titleist doesn't have one for clubs. They have one for, for apparel, but not for clubs. So then it makes me wonder, like, how did she get a hold of this G430? Prototype clubs are being tested every week out on the, on the PGA Tour. And I would assume that they get out to the LPGA as well and get some feedback from players. But typically it's, it's you know, the players are told in advance, look, you're testing this club, but you can't put it in play this week because it's not on, on the conforming list. And unless your name is Tiger Woods, we're not moving up the date to get it on the conforming list. And in her, in her case, it wouldn't have even mattered because they update that list every, every Monday. So it would have been an impossible sell to the USGA to get it on before then. But yeah, it's just, it, it's really, it's one of those where I, I found out about it and it makes you go, Hmm, because you know, it, yes, it was very close to when it was being released, but yeah. How did she get her hands on this driver and why was she the only one that, that assumed that it was that it was legal to use. So, yeah, as Chris mentioned, a lot of levels that had to be passed before before this happened, but they were the, <laughs> all of them were passed. So, and she ends up using a non-conforming driver. Thankfully, she shot an opening round seventy-four, so it wasn't like she shot sixty-five, and then found out that she was using a non-conforming club, and she had a good perspective about it, but. I, I can count on the number of times on one hand that I've heard of a player getting DQ'd for using a non-conforming club and that non-conforming club being one that was going to be coming out a week later. I was going to say, give it one week and then no issues. <laughs> I know. <coughs> wasn't even like it was a brand new unmarked prototype. It was one that was going to be coming out the following Monday. Anyway, very bizarre story, but, but again, she had a, she had a great perspective behind it anyway so ping g430 was one of the clubs that came out this week on the pga tour but it wasn't the only one we also had Titleist releasing the new pro v1 and pro v1x golf balls we've got cleveland Shrixon releasing a new wedge the cleveland rtx6 we had some in-hand photos rb got into the new ZX, since he's not on here, I gotta gotta go with the ZX line. ZX, yeah. ZX from Shrixon. Uh, he got some in hand photos. He even he was um, had a chance to talk to Ryan Palmer briefly. He mentioned that he was hoping to try and chat with him. He, he talked to RP about the new irons that he had in the bag. But RB gets into a ton of stuff. He and I had a chance to record this because he is flying back across the border after spending several days in Vegas. It's fun chat. Enjoy it. All right. Well, we're doing things a little bit different this week. RB is in Vegas. Hopefully, he hasn't lost too much money. None. But none. That's that's none. a huge win. He's been spending a whole lot of time at the golf course at TPC Summerlin. You know, this is a big week for tour releases. Typically, Titleist releases gear this week. But RB, this was like the gear bonanza. There is a lot of product that dropped. First and foremost, which was the one that really surprised you or got you the most excited? It has to, I, the seeing the pink driver in person was a big one because they haven't, you know, when they do a driver, they do a driver, right? Like that's kind of their big thing, which I thought was cool. Um, and same for their fairy woods as well. So they've got uh, carbon fiber on the top of their fairy woods, carbon fiber on the top of all their hybrids, and then the LST 
driver as well. The other, uh, the Max driver, which, and I'll assume the SFT as well, if they have that coming out, will be like just the standard titanium on top. But the LST looked really good. Uh, I know there's some p- pictures kind of leaked a little bit early for from you know on social media, but that was that was a cool one. And that, and then obviously the the Titleist golf ball as well. I mean, there's so much. There's it was like drinking from a fire hose yesterday. I'm running around trying to you know capture everything get video not video but get pictures of everything and it was uh it was busy let's put it that way yeah so let's start with ping the new g430 has dropped and okay this is the one thing that that kind of surprised me the most about this is the fact that ping used like a neon yellow yeah like ping is very traditional if you go back and you look at their history when it comes to golf technology they're typically one of the last adopters of, of many of the technologies that we know in the industry. I, and I'm thinking uh, adjustable weighting. I'm thinking about adjustable loft sleeves. A lot of things that you go and you pick up a new driver nowadays and it's just part of the package. And Ping has always been slow to adopt. But they're not only one of the last now to use carbon fiber, but they're, I would say they're one of the last to use this neon yellow, which is is a bit is a bit aggressive. But they do it in a, in a nice way, where it's still your traditional black and and white that you know from Ping, but just a little bit of color to let you know that they're they're getting edgier now. Yeah, I put it I put it in my piece uh, yesterday, my little like my first look piece. You can read it off But you know, with carbon fiber in the driver, and then in the fairways and hybrids, or at least like an LST driver, uh, it's I thought of it as like a nod to the Rapture. Because the original Rapture yeah. was the first driver that had that, they had like a spider web kind of look on the top of it, which is really neat. Um, a lot of people still call that one of the best looking drivers and best sounding drivers Ping ever made. Because uh, it, was, it was, it was just a fan. I had a Rapture V2. I really loved it back in the day. But uh, I think overall, from a performance perspective, people love the sound. A lot of players talking about spin control, which is always something they've been, they've been working on with their, their previous line of Fairy Woods as well. So and from an from an insight perspective, they built one of their tour reps, Adam. He was telling me like they built more more clubs for the last couple, like last week and for this week for players than they did for the U.S. Open. So it goes to show how many more players are testing this. Players who aren't ping staffers using their driver, which you know, a couple of years ago was not the case for a lot of ping stuff. But uh, to see that out there was pretty neat, and I think it's going to be a hit. You surprised that they're not adopting the the carbon wrap crown for all the models a little bit to be honest i mean you could say that it's a maybe a potential price thing i feel like that that might be the the narrative on you know we're trying to keep price in a certain point but you know in not to be critical but in a lot of like most other companies are adopting carbon fiber and they don't talk about price so i think that is the interesting one from them especially when they've got in the fairways they've got in the hybrids so maybe they just didn't see a huge performance benefit to it. And I understand like the goal is not to completely like deck spin essentially. And on a lot of those drivers, the goal is to keep it up and help it create some bias, whether it be draw bias or like just a neutral bias in a golf club. But it's a little surprising, but I'm, I'm more interested to hear kind of the full story once we get it on, on what the reason behind that is. So, but yeah, I, again, I think it's a really good looking driver and the feedback spin I don't really care about the sound of the 425. I've never cared about the sound of the 425, but they have definitely adjusted the acoustics on the on the Max as well as the LST. Yeah, and I think that's a huge plus for Ping. I'll I'll be one of the guys you mentioned that the sound never really bothered you on the 425. I will stop Ping drivers were on the louder side. 
You know, yeah. you, you would go to the range and, and I go back to earlier drivers before 425 and you'd hit it and people would turn around and look. I mean, they, they usually were, were on the louder side for acoustics. And I think some golfers don't really mind and others were, were saying, man, it just, it's, it's a little bit too loud for me. So I think as, as one of those guys who always said, eh, maybe it's a touch, touch too loud for me. I'm excited to, to get one of these in my hands and test it out and see how it compares from an acoustic standpoint. I think it will be more of a muted sound. Well, you'll be for, able to able- You'll be able to easily test because they they haven't adjusted the loft sleeve. So if you got an old shaft with a pink shaft on it, all you need is a head and you'll be good to go. You know, and I think that's great. I'm glad you pointed that out because that's one of those things where I haven't seen any major OEMs adjust the loft sleeves in recent years, which is huge because if if you're if you're you know say a ping loyalist and you were playing 425, you don't have to worry about that. So it it makes things a lot easier to just plug and play and and go on and try the new driver. Yeah. All right. No, for sure. So ping, obviously, as we were talking about with, with this gear Bonanza, they weren't the only one dropping new product Titleist, You know, again, I, I say they're, they're like a, like a Swiss watch. You can pretty much just point to that date on the schedule every year. And you know that they're going to be releasing product. It's an every year, every other year cycle. So this year's a golf ball year. Next year will be, Evoki wedge year and they release the new pro V one and pro V one X golf balls. They release them, we think, but then you dropped a really interesting nugget in your story on golf.com that there was so much interest in these golf balls that titles actually let players try them out last week at Sanderson. Yeah. So, uh, Garrett, Gareth, Garrick, Garrick, Higo, uh, came third. So he missed out of the playoff last week. Friend of the pod. He had the new ball in play, which, you know, if you go to the USGA conforming list and look at golf balls, it is just a, your eyes are going to glaze over looking at side stamps and different fonts and dimple patterns and all these different things. But they had approved it last week to go out on tour. Gary Kago had it, finished third. And this week, Gary Woodland was testing a couple weeks ago. He was out on the range. He's definitely going to put it in play. I'm almost certain on that. I'm going to, we'll have the full report eventually probably on thursday when everything gets started but it's uh there's no external cover changes right now uh i know they 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 talked about kind of like tweaking dimple pattern a little bit potentially but they decided not to and it's all internal so you know i'm going to keep wandering around the range and see if i can find any sprayed ones and i'll uh find a home depot and cut it in half to see what's really on the inside you know would you would you texted me that out there's the uh I think it's more, it's the Morgan Freeman from one of the Batmans. It's the the GIF where it says "Good luck," and that was the one I wanted to send you because yeah. <laughs> trying trying to procure Pro B ones and Pro B one Xs the very first week they're out on tour is a very is a very tough sell when you're like, hey, can I can I grab a couple of these? Because you know most of the players are like, nah, man, these are these are new. The reps are like, just get out of here. No, you you can't have any of these golf balls to test yet. So yeah, if you actually get some and you're able to cut them up, I'm going to be pretty impressed. But uh, well, well, the range—it's actually so I'm surprised the range at Summerlin is not overly large. Uh, no, it's and all not. the vans are at the back of the range along the street. Yeah, so it's a bit of a hoof. Uh, yeah, so I've been I've been doing the walk a couple of times and getting my steps in, which is great. Um, 
the volunteers are more than happy because it's nice. It's really hot out here and hot and dry. So they're trying to give you rides and stuff, but you know, it's fun to get that walk in and you know, I'll just, I'll just look for some sprayed ones. The problem is those guys don't spray it on the range. Yeah, they definitely do it's gonna be the, the weird guy in the bucket hat just ran out into the middle of the driving <laughs> race just like looking at golf balls trying to figure out which one he's gonna grab but uh you know we'll, we'll be a little more professional than that but uh yeah it is interesting yeah so from from the insights that you were able to glean not a lot going on with the overall construction on the outside with that dimple pattern i think jj mentioned to you that that it's it's staying the same so now we're going to be looking inside the golf balls and then that makes you wonder like what's going on because typically if titles is going to be bringing out a new ball you're just expecting that they're going to have a different dimple pattern there's going to be something that's going to be tweaked now i'm getting excited like you mentioned wanted to go take the golf ball and cut it open it makes me wonder what's going on on the inside we're getting lots of people. The first thing that I noticed when we posted um, some stuff about your your report from Vegas on these new balls is everybody is hoping and praying that the Pro V1 is a lot closer, like the left dot version, which is a, a little bit more of a of a lower, more penetrating flight. There's there is a lot of people hoping and praying for stuff, and then that makes me just wonder what's really going on with these golf balls. I think there might again listening to conversations on the range you know you're just kind of like poking into people that's the uh, best part that's how you glean information is just hanging back behind the tour pros and listening to them work with the reps i think it sounds like the it's it's a it's a it's a, a ball speed thing now again you can only go so fast but how it reacts at d- different speeds is always kind of the big thing and i think that's how you you know you tune those layers just the harder you the harder you hit and compress the golf ball, the more you're going to engage the core, and the outside engages the like friction wise from the the like higher lofted golf clubs engages friction to create spin. So I'm curious to see what they've done with layers to like have they expanded the core, have they shrunk the core, like the most interior part of the core if there's a dual core. So you know that that's why I want to cut it in half. Yeah. No. I, and listen, with Titleist doing a lot of innovative things on the club side. I think about them going to the, the ATI 425 phase on the driver. We've seen them do a lot of, of um, really outside the box designs with their concept line. And I know that's not like a, a full on retail line, but it, then it, it's like, what, what could they do with a golf ball? I mean, we, we haven't really seen a lot of, of interesting internal materials really since I would say like Nike's resin, like the resin was, was one that was, very different than what we had seen from other manufacturers when it came to the ball. But yeah, yeah, I'm curious. I we'll saw the, I mean. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I would say, I guess we'll just see what happens. It's, it, we won't have yeah. to wait very long. We should, we should probably be getting some prototypes here pretty soon. Well, they said the white box testing for team titles. That's why I thought, you know, we'll see. I'll guess I'm going to say I'm a team titleist. Remember why didn't I get to sleep? There we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, and then Cleveland Strix on, I finally got to see the new DeMarc II drivers. Uh, they have a number of models on the USGA conforming list, which you pointed out, but got to see a couple of those in hand, which were great. One of the new Fairywoods as well. And Irons. from a Cleveland Strixon perspective, I saw the, uh, the new Sevens as well, which looked fantastic. Um, the person who, the person who makes, and again, there was a number of players that had them in the bag. The player that surprised me who had them was Ryan Palmer. Now, you know, I've talked to, I've talked about this in the past, I think, uh, and I talked to, talked to two temporary people uh, yesterday was that 
No, Palmer's not a guy that changes. Like Palmer, like Palmer is a guy that goes to the golf course, gets his work in, and leaves. This guy has played on tour for twenty years. It's insane. Like he is, he is just a model of consistency. And if you look at his bag, he doesn't change gear very often. He had, um, he had this, I think he had the ZX sevens before. So like this is the first time almost that I can think of he's gone from model to model, which again doesn't happen very often uh, with Ryan Palmer. He's got some older fairy woods. He's got, a, I think his driver's maybe one or two generations old. I'm not sure. So you put all that together and he's got a new set of irons. So, okay, well, obviously like players are liking them. And based on the, the geometrics of the, of the cavity, they've got a little bit more of a, uh, a convex ge- a geometry across the back in the middle. So they've always had that little raised pad, obviously for like feel and everything, but they've taken the skinnier parts of the, the side heel and toe and kind of put it in towards the middle. So I'm going to guess there's a feel story there just for some improved acoustics. That's what we're hearing from all these companies. Now the more they can fine tune those acoustics is going to be a big one. And players seem to be really liking them. You know, again, you had players who held out for this, the four, five, five, four, five, seven, four, five. People held on to those irons for a long time and basically just wore them out. ZX7 came along. A lot of players switched into that. And to see players switch again so quickly, it means they're doing something right, in my opinion. Yeah. And we should point out that Ryan Fox won the Alfred Dunhill Links with the new ZX7 yeah. irons. So, yeah. and when you and I talked about it on, on the last pod at, at the very end, I asked you guys, what's the one brand that you're most excited to test. And you and I both said it was going to be Shrixon for us. You know, those, yeah. those ZX seven irons were, were great. And, you know, I'm not going to say that that early success on tour translates to success at retail, but man, I don't know how these irons aren't going to do well because the ZX sevens were, did do really well at, at retail. And, you know, guys are already I, switching to them. I think what we've, we, when we talked to Chris before, uh, you know, they perform very well in the hitting bay when you're going through a fitting. When someone comes in with open mind and they're, they're understanding that obviously like there's a, it's a brand that's played on tour by a lot of players. And, you know, what's it going to do in the performance when it comes down to it versus like club versus club. And I've worked in that space before. I've seen how Strixon performs in those tests and in the fittings. And that's where I think they, they excel. They do excel with the, the, the more educated golfer when it comes to equipment. I don't mean that in like a derogatory way, but someone who's really educated on gear, that's where people are like, okay, I've heard of them. Let's try it out. And you really see that big success. And you see a lot of better players at, at clubs who have those irons in play versus other models. And so, yeah. And then not only that, but they've got a new wedge RTX six as well, which uh, came out this week. There'll be some more demos on the range today. They were just kind of, we got a couple near the van yesterday, which they were cool. Uh, nice to show off no inside technology other than the looks and kind of what we could glean from the infra, like our own pictures, but they've changed the back of the wedge. So more to like the RTX four where it's smoother, but it's got that taper profile. So it gets a little bigger towards the top, probably a feel story. Uh, but as far as I'm more, I believe zip core is still in it as well to kind of have that um, hollow or hosel area to shift some mass up. I mean, if you want, I could do it. I mean, I could do it a quick hitter of everything else I saw, which is nuts. I mean, there's just so much. It's insane. Yeah, it was. And I, I'm going to have you do just a, a quick rundown, but it is, is it weird to you that they went RTX four then they did zip core, then they just totally skipped five and went to six. I mean, I guess they're, they're just considering the, the RTX zip core to be RTX five, but, um, I, I, did, I you know it was, like, it was five. funny. Cause I'll, I'll be really honest with you. And I was writing my piece about the, like seeing them, 
I was like, oh, like last year's RTX four in my head. Like that's what I thought. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a second. I had, I had to, I mean, you know, I'm the ex or the experts, but like there's things that just like don't sit in my mind. I was like, okay. And I went to their website and I was like, oh yeah, the RTX four was like actually two generations ago. This is last year was Zipcor and it yeah. wasn't, didn't have name. Right. And I think because there was a new technology, they, they kind of decided to name it around that new technology and, you know, unofficially called it RTX five, maybe like internally. So then the six was the six and, but they, I mean, they look really good. Um, I think, I think they're going to have, a. I mean, the, the face milling is aggressive. It's probably one of the most aggressive that I've seen. Yeah, but they did. And, and I'm glad you pointed this one out because this seems to be a trend for wedges. A lot of manufacturers are going away from that visible technology on the back of the wedge. You know, Zipcore had it. Um, you know, we've we've seen manufacturers, and of course, I go back to Devoki. You know, the visible technology where they were they were moving the weighting around in in the toe section, and depending on where it was located, that was going to either raise or lower CG to have that more penetrating ball flight, or you know, give you a little bit more loft. And we saw some other OEMs do something similar, but it seems like. You know, maybe that was more of a learning process. You you kind of put it on there. You figure out ways to conceal it within the head. And now we're going back to a much more, as I would agree with you, a more traditional profile in this RTX six. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I mean, again, it looks clean. I think they've got some out there already. So it'll be interesting to see how how adoption is. All right. Last thing for you. What else has caught your eye, and and what else are you looking to check out as we record this? on a Tuesday morning. So, um, from kind of top to bottom, we saw a new true temper project X wedge shaft. So it, it is like, uh, as, as a uh, true temper said, it's like an S 400 and a project X had a baby. It's a little firmer feeling. So someone who has project X in their irons and maybe is a quicker tempo player can really transition easier into their wedges. So it doesn't feel like it immediately gets so much softer because if you look at players like Jordan speed, who's uses six, five in his irons, he goes down to 6.0 in his wedges. Well, in theory, that's a lighter shaft. They want that player to transition to something that is heavier, but softer. So that's what they've created with this shaft. They've, they've done a lot of testing on it. It's been out. They, this is the first week. They were building demos yesterday. Some players uh, were looking at some pretty early adoption. Saw some title or some some reps. I saw there and Dill walk in and ask about them. And, you know, I think it's cool when, like, you know, people don't get as geeked up about, wedge shafts but there really is obviously a very important part of the game so there is that we got to see i got to see ricky's new irons the in hand so like the technology based cobra irons wider a little bit wider sole but i think it's uh, it fits the profile really nicely ricky was on the putting green i haven't ever really talked to ricky so i just kind of was like, do you mind if i like take uh quietly sneak <laughs> over can i take pictures of your irons and he's like oh yeah go ahead whatever so um did that then i was i was over went over to the Cobra guys and Ben was at Ben Showman who's Cobra rep uh, really easy to spot. He's got some big, like cool sunglasses on. He's got a little bit of hair coming out of the back hat. Ben's an easy guy to spot on the range. Um, but he was helping uh, Duffner out there with the new Ford CB. So completely, I, I did, I think I posted those on my Instagram. We shared them on the fully equipped page as well. So people can find them there. So it is a nice little square forged cavity back. It looks really good. Um, what Cobra does with their forged cavity backs, they make them just a little bit wider sole, which I think for a lot of players is probably really beneficial who want to play that style, but maybe need a little bit more forgiveness or are a little bit steeper. So again, I think that's a really cool one. We've got, uh, again, talking about the, the Cobra, st- or Cobra stuff, the True Temper. We had 
the ping. We had Strixon. That's that's kind of the the quick rundown there. Um, pardon me, and the Titleist ball. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, I'm going to be out there today. I want to get a little more feedback from players on uh, some of the driver stuff. Want to ask? I wanna hopefully, ask Ryan Palmer about his irons if he's out there today, hitting some like uh, going on the range. Because again, it's it's really not that common that someone like him. You know, for for gear nerd, it's cool to follow those players. You know, you know Rory and Tiger and you know Phil or whoever. Like those, the biggest of big names. And I get into a taxi cab or an Uber, who are like, "Oh, you ever talked to Tiger Woods?" And I'm like, "No, first of all, he doesn't play anymore, guys." Like, and you know, people immediately kind of ask those kind of questions. But uh, when you dive into like the nitty gritty of like the tour and these people that have been around for a long time, it's like those are the guys who again they built their living playing very consistent golf. And yes, they might not be like the biggest names, the most recognizable names, but they're out there every week grinding and playing great golf and, and being very consistent. So to see them decide to make changes like that to me is always kind of one of the most fascinating little bits of it. Yeah. Awesome. RB enjoy the day out in Vegas. Stay away from the craps tables. Thanks for the update. All right. Yeah. No gambling for me. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. All right, so we are done with all the big tour news with RB. Gene, you've been doing some testing, as you are wont to do, at the facility there in San Diego. You had a chance to run all the new Titleist TSR drivers through their paces, and you've got some results for us. I mean, this is this is the one that I think, if you look at all of the excitement that surrounded Titleist TSI, I think there were a lot of people wondering what titles was going to come out with next. TSR, from a tour perspective, has been wildly successful. So I think everybody's going to be interested in testing it now if they haven't already. But what had or what did you see when you were doing testing with these drivers? How does it compare? How does it differ when you look at TSI versus TSR? Well, uh, you know, kind of as an overview, uh, from my perspective, having tested Titleist drivers for, geez, you know, over 25 plus years, um, I, there's, there's major breakthroughs and then there's kind of like revisions or not revisions, but updates, I would say. Uh, the TSI line was a major breakthrough. You know, we've talked previously about the fact that Titleist drivers were always a bit more on the spinny side than their competitors. And they really brought that down. They really uh, marked a lot of different types of kind of product differentiation between the one, two, three, and four. Um, TSI compared to new TSR, um, like two versus two, three versus three, four versus four, overall distance-wise, fairly comparable. Um, the, 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 the updates were you know, a little bit more minor, but they were significant. Like one that we noticed was the overall launch angle. And once again, to kind of give a profile for our listeners, we hit 54 shots. We hit shots in the center of the club, three quarters toe, three quarters high, high center, high toe, high heel, low center, low toe, low heel. So we get about 90% surface area contact to, to compare and overall, on the average of those 54 shots, we got between uh, half and one degree lower on launch with similar spin. So they're creating um, 
with this line, it looks like a little bit more of a boring trajectory than the TSI. We also saw um, on toe shots that the spin delta was tighter, that the, the toe shots were a little bit more consistent on the TSR uh, products versus the TSI. Um, so Which is important was, because that's that's something that the tour pros were talking about. Yes, As you mentioned you, that you, the spin delta is being tighter, and that's from from having talked to uh, you know titles tour reps to the guys that are using it. They said that that was the most important change that they saw between the drivers. You know, yeah, gaining distance. You know, that's something that everybody wants. But I, I think when you go from this massive change in face material the titles did with TSI going to that ATI 425 face. We saw these crazy large jumps in carry distance from the previous TS to TSI. And I don't think anybody was expecting, you know, the TSR to to have another big jump because it's still the same face construction. They made some tweaks to the material, but you know, I think as you mentioned, you know, the the distance, the distances between TSI and TSR were were fairly similar, but the spin deltas in relation to center are, are a lot tighter, which that's something, especially if you're a better player, that's what you want. You don't want those wildly inconsistent spin deltas, especially on misses, if you can afford to not have them. Well, and and you know, to that point, like I said, it it looks like they, you know, they created a little bit more of a boring trajectory as opposed to you know, a little bit of a higher trajectory. And the other thing, though, that I respect about them is they didn't chase the pure distance game or game of lowering the spin rate sub 2000 or so or something like that, that, that you know, only elite players that swing really fast. So these clubs are still very, very um, friendly to, you know, the bulk of the golfing population um, and they are going to show slightly different characteristics than the previous model while maintaining a lot of the strengths that they had in the previous models. Yeah, it's, again, more, more consistent. And I, and I think that's what Titles was going for. They talked a lot about when, we, when uh, RB and I were there at Oceanside, the tour pros told us, explicitly do not screw this up so i I think titles was trying to make those incremental changes it looks like they made them but if you're somebody who's using a a, a tsi you know this this is a great opportunity to realize that there there are going to be some improvements if you do want to go to the tsr but just be realistic about what those improvements are going to be if you're a golfer that struggles with the toe miss and you really like your TSI, TSR could be a really good option for you. And I can chime in on that just from personal experience when I was doing my testing. Uh, that is my strike location and has a tendency to be my, my strike pattern is positive angle of attack from the inside, uh, kind of leaning towards that that high toe strike. And I did see a jump personally of a few miles an hour of ball speed and like you guys had mentioned, the consistency in the, uh, the deviation and spin was significantly tighter. And I didn't see a lot of the, the gear effect pulling the ball right to left with that low spin duck hook like I have seen uh, when I was hitting the, the good old TSI. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I've seen the same thing with TSR, you know, and, and that's that for me, Tomis has always been, I mean, that's, that's a killer for me. If, if RB was on here, he could attest. He watched me hit a whole bunch of snipes on the, on the range at TPI with, with my DSI. And it's like, when it's good, it's really good. When it's bad, it's really bad. Real and bad. Yeah. Yeah. Real <laughs> bad. And so TSR was certainly able to help give me some positive gear effect. So the ball is able to just hang and I'm able to get some more carry distance out of it. And, and a lot of those really bad misses. I mean, they, I mean, I had a couple of them, but you know, I, I feel like that's all user error. A lot of those other ones where it's like, Oh yeah, I missed that. And you're watching it. And you're like, Oh man, that ball's actually hanging in there. It's not uh not, not going really hard to the right. So yeah, it's, it's a great driver. It, again, if you use TSI, it's certainly worth trying TSR. If you didn't use it, I think there's a lot of good things that can come from using or at least testing the new TSR. All right. Before we wrap up this episode of Fully Equipped, let's do a giveaway. Let's do it. Who doesn't like free stuff? Who doesn't like free stuff? So Wilson came out with this new staff model putter line. And I posted photos of one of the models in the lineup. And I got to say, I was, I was expecting there to be interest, but I received maybe like 50 photos from people showing me their old 8802 blade putter. This is the, this is like the classic 8802 style. A lot of guys said, I remember Arnold Palmer using this. I, I still have my original. I bring the original out from time to time that I have for nostalgia purposes. This is also the same putter that Phil Mickelson uses, same blade style. It's, it's classic. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles of a mallet or even some of these more high-tech blades. But there's just something about this putter that speaks to people, which I love. And it was after I noticed that there was this huge interest in this old 8802 that I thought, you know what? I took pictures of this. I don't really have a use for it because it's a righty and I'm a lefty. So why don't we give this one away? So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you the putter that I took, that I posted photos of this staff model 8802 putter. It's hundred percent milled. All you got to do is you have to guess the combined total for the lowest scores for myself, for Mr. Robot, for Chris, and for RB. So that means, for example, if our lowest rounds ever were all, let's say we all shot 70, that's our lowest round ever, you got to give me 280, which is the combined total. And the first person to correctly guess that combined total, I'm not going to go random, first person to get it, you're going to get the putter. And it's going to be this one. So if you're a lefty, I'm sorry. I, I mean, maybe if you want to go righty, go for it. But yeah, it's, it's just going to be this righty putter that I'm holding my hands right here. So guess the total for the four of us. I'm going to be posting the giveaway on our social media handles. We are at fully underscore equipped on Twitter and at fluke of golf on Instagram. First person to guess it correctly wins the putter. Good luck. And with that, I think that'll do it for this week's episode of Fully Equipped. Thanks as all for listening. We'll see you around. Here.